Welcome to the Cork Church Podcast. We are so glad that you're joining us today. We hope that this message inspires you, builds your faith, and encourages you in the things of the Lord. Enjoy the message. Good evening, all. I greet you in the wonderful name of Jesus. Oh, I'll have to say that again. Good evening, all. Good evening, homie. <laughs> God bless you. It's, it's so great to see all of you, all of the young people, you had the different families. It's wonderful seeing you again on Wednesday evening services. Uh, I, I have something on my heart that, that I know the Lord is, 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 uh, has, has put there. And for the, about three weeks ago, we, we, we had a men's meeting and we were dealing with the issue of forgiveness. And we asked the question, why would God forgive us? And after, after much deliberation, the answer came back, he forgives us because he loves us. And then so obviously the next question was, why would God love us? And this was absolutely, uh, it, 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 it actually, it, it, it stumped me, it stumped me for weeks. And this, the answer is simply this, he loves us because he loves us. You see, the amazing thing about the love of God is we don't need to understand it, but we need to believe it. I, I, I don't understand how electricity works, but I believe it works. I push the switch, it comes on. It's not up to me to figure out the inner workings. Maybe Pastor Nick or some of the electricians will explain how it works. But for me, I simply believe that that thing works because I press the button and it comes on. So, so, so Jesus is in a situation in Luke chapter 15. In, in Luke 15, Jesus is in a situation where he's, 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 he's sitting and he's dealing with, he's dealing with, the, with the degenerates of their society. And, and to make matters worse, he's not only dealing with them and talking with them, but he also eats with them. He breaks bread with them. And so everyone looks uh, at Jesus and thinks, <laughs> if, if this man is really of God, why not would he spend any time with these people? And then Jesus goes on to reveal the true love of God. He goes on to reveal the love of God in three stories, in three parts. And so let's just pray. Lord, we come to you now. We thank you, Lord, for your word. I pray, God, that even as it would come forth, minister to me. I pray in the name of Jesus. So God, minister to your people, O oh God. Whether it be through something I say, through your Holy Ghost. I pray, God, that there be not one person who goes out of here and not changed, not transformed by your power, I ask in the wonderful name of Jesus. Lord, be magnified, we pray in Jesus' mighty name. Now, now Jesus is tender. Jesus is tender with the people who are accusing Jesus uh, for, for eating with the degenerates because he knows that they are human beings. Now, for us as human beings, our perception and our understanding of the love of God is always seen through the way that we know it. So I can only think of God as my father and judge it by the way my father was with me. So I can only believe that uh, if, if someone talks to me about love, I can only uh, believe it or understand it due to my limited expectation. So for us as human beings, we start off like baby Jackson, wonderful, loved by everyone, perfect, innocent, pure. Everyone is like that. But as time goes on, as children, we begin to learn uh, that, that love has a duty to it. Because if I'm a good boy, if I... If, if, if when they rub my back, I burp, they'll say, good boy. Uh, if, 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 if I pass, when, good boy, good boy. And so, and, and, and so as, 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 as children, we begin to learn that there's, there's, there's something of benefit that's attached to doing the right thing. And then now I, as, as a baby, baby Jackson knows that Pat and Laura are his parents because they love him. How do they love him? By, by feeding him, by washing him, by bathing him. And so now in his mind, he's saying, I have to get this to continue. So in order to get this love to continue, I have to do this. So, so, then, so, so as we grow, as we go, as we age, we soon realize now maybe at age four, age five, 
Each time I hear good boy, I'm excited. Each time I hear Andy, I'm upset. And so and as we grow as human beings, we soon begin to attach to love a duty. We attach to love an obligation. As we get older, we move on, we move on a little bit older then now. We, we, it, it, it gets even worse now because now we fall in love. All right? I like her, and, and so automatically she must like me. And in order, in order for me to get her to like me, I need to do this, I need to do that, I need to do the other. Okay, she likes guys who are strong, so I need to go to the gym. She likes guys who will spend money on us, so I need to do this. So as we grow, we begin to attach a duty and an obligation to love. And, 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 and what about the parents? The parents, we had the two wonderful parents giving God glory for the baby. What about the parents? Surely the parental love is the purest of all. But even, even parents, as time goes on, baby's not sleeping. I'm getting annoyed with him. I, 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 I don't love him so much anymore. People are saying, the baby doesn't look like me. It looks more like my wife. Oh, <laughs> I'm getting upset. And I know a lot about that because, <laughs> because my kids look more like my wife than they do me. But, 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 but still, but, but, but you see now, even, even something that started out pure, that pure parental love, that pure love as a child, it's tainted as we grow older. As, as, as we fall in love, as, as we become married, and, and, and one would think that marriage is the best institution there possibly is because two people love each other. They start out that way. But as time goes on, the things that have influenced them in the beginning begin to influence them even in their marriages. Then I love my wife unconditionally if she's good. I love my husband unconditionally if he's good to me. If he brings me flowers, it's this. If she does that, it's this. If she... So as, as, as you see, the human experience is all about attaching something to love. So what about those who have the perfect marriage? So those who have the perfect marriage, let's say they live to be together for 70 years. And at the end of it all, that wonderful lady has to bury her husband or that wonderful man has to bury a wife. So still love brings with it this, this little sting. So then when that mind that has been exposed to all of that Yes, about the love of God and say, God loves you unconditionally. It's impossible for the human mind to understand it. So Jesus tells these three stories to try and reveal what the heart of the Father is truly like. Because we can never fully understand the heart of the Father towards us. Because it's, it's, it is way beyond our understanding. It's way beyond our human experience. And <laughs> I'm looking at your wonderful faces and I'm thinking, Jesus... This is, this, is a really good, this is a really good looking bunch of people. <laughs> God bless you. And so, so the, the, the human experience leaves us in a situation where, where we find out that love, one, has to be earned. Love has to be maintained. If we don't maintain it, it will fade. We find that even if we maintain that love, with time, it will lose its magnificence. It will lose its excitement. It will lose its brilliance. And even at the very best, if love, as we know it, is maintained and kept, the end will be a sense of loss. Because inevitably, we're going to be alone and without the one that we love. So, so Jesus comes now and he tells first the first story. And now, you must understand, Jesus is on a different wavelength to these people altogether. So, so I, was, I, was, I was just looking at it again today, and I was, really, I was really bemused by it. And I say, Jesus, you really are on a different wavelength. So he says in, um, in Luke, 15, uh, Luke 15, verse 3, so Jesus told him the story. He says, if a man has a hundred sheep and one gets lost, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 in the wilderness and go to search for the one that is lost until he founds it? 
until he finds it. And when it is found, he will joyfully carry it home on his shoulders. And when he arrives, he will call together his friends and, they, and neighbors and say, Rejoice with me because I have lost, I found the sheep that was lost. In the same way, there's more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns than the 99 others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. Now, I looked at that again. And the first thing that struck me is, is that, of course, of course, yeah, now Jesus is all the time. You, you must understand in this, he's all the time leaking little clues as to what the heart of God is like. So, so, so as he's speaking now, w- w- what he says is going to reveal more and more of the heart of the Father. So first he says he has 100 sheep. Of course, that, that implies that he has everything. He owns it all. And so of the 100 sheep, one goes missing. And... When I looked at this again, I said, Jesus, this is, this, this, is, this is so strange, Lord. Because he said, he leaves the others in the wilderness. Now, growing up, I always believed that he took the 99 home, left them there, shut the gate, and then went out for the other one. The Bible says that he leaves the 99 in the wilderness for one. Now, human logic says, if I have 99 of one thing and one goes missing... The first thing I'm going to say is maybe I counted wrong. The second thing I'm going to say is, um, no, that thing, deserved, that thing deserved to be left on its own. The third thing will be, man, I have to secure my 99. But the heart of the father is different. Rather than securing the 99, he goes after the one to pursue it, to chase it. It's, it's, it's a totally different approach. This is the love of God. He doesn't, he doesn't make the smart logical decision. Because, you see, the logical decision is, We'll get that one tomorrow if the wolves don't get it. But he says, I'll ignore that and I'll go for that. And then the, the, the other logical decision is, is maybe it will come back. Maybe it will find its way towards us. Give it some time. But he doesn't. This is the heart of the father. The father does not make smart decisions. He doesn't make smart decisions based on human logic. He pursues. He follows after. And so now I, I, I can imagine those listening scratching their head and they're saying, no, 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 that's not right. Because he is going for something that he has got 99 other things like exactly like it, if not better. And we think of the plan of God. We think of the plan of salvation. In order to save this world, the creator sends the creator of this world to save this world. It just doesn't make sense. Why would you spend more on something <laughs> just to retrieve something of little value? He sent all of heaven. He sent heaven's best down to the earth to retrieve God's creation. This is the love of the Father. And then when he finds it, I love this, he searches, he searches for it. He doesn't just go and say, I'll give it 10 minutes and I'll come back. He goes, he searches for it and he finds it. And when he, when he finds it, human, human logic again says this, if I find that thing that's lost, the first thing I'm going to do is I'll scold it. I'll tell it, don't ever do that again. Because I love it, of course. Don't ever do that again. But the first thing he does, he takes it and he puts it on his shoulders. Instead of walking behind it, marching at home, so, that, so he sets an example for everyone else. He takes it and he puts it on his shoulders, carrying upon himself the weight of that thing. And then he goes and, he, and then he calls everybody together. He says, let's celebrate, let's rejoice because the lost sheep is coming. This is the love of the Father, in that he does things that are so different. And now particularly for us who are believers, and for those, for those who are maybe considering, and you've always thought that God hated you. You always thought that God wasn't interested in you. You always thought, oh, maybe I've, maybe I've gone too far for God. I want you to know that the love of God pursues you. The love of God chases after you. The love of God looks for you. 
It comes to where you are, right there where you are. The love of God is not limited by our situations. We might be in a den of iniquity. The love of God still comes there and he finds us right there. And there again reveals itself in all its power, in all its might. His plan is always to take you up, to pick you up, to bring you on your shoulder, on his shoulders and to restore you again. Why? For his glory, for his pleasure, for his great joy, so that he can rejoice. Why? Because, because he is love. So Jesus goes on. He says, now the next story says, suppose a woman has 10 coins and loses one. Won't she light a lamp and sweep the entire house and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she will call, she'll call in her friends and neighbors and say, rejoice with me. Behold, uh, I found a lost coin. In the same way, there's great joy in the presence of the angels when one sinner repents. Again, completion. The woman has everything. She's okay. Nine coins, nine coins and I've lost one somewhere. Uh, it's okay. That's human logic. But the love of the father is he goes, he cleans everything up. He goes and finds it. You see the coin, the coin represents those of us who are stuck in a situation that we can't get out of. We're lost. And oftentimes it's like that. You think, man, I am in this thing. I, I'd like to get out, but I can't. Sometimes we don't even know that we're in a jam. And we're saying, is there anybody out there who will help? What does the love of God do? It comes to where we are. It shines a light firstly on it. It cleans everything, then picks us up. And then what? Again, rejoicing. Again, another celebration. Again, another party. I'm, I'm, I'm anticipating in, 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 my mind, in, in my mind's eye, of course, this is only conjecture. In, 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 in my mind, if, even as I'm thinking of a woman celebrating, she throws a party that, is, that, that costs even more than that silver coin because she's so happy. And, and all of heaven rejoices when one comes to repentance. How much more when a son or a daughter who's gone wayward comes back? How much more? The love of God comes and finds us right there. There's no one who's beyond. There's no one who's stuck in a pit that they can't get out of, that the love of God will not come and reach them and deliver them. Again, are we beginning to see the different love of God? That it's different. It, 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 it's not a love that says, you come to me. It's not a love that says, stick up your hand and then maybe I'll come and deliver you. It's a love that comes to where we are and says, I'm right here. I'm right here. I'm right here next to you. It's not a God who's up there, call upon me in the day of trouble, and you're like, Lola. No, he's right there in the midst. I'm right here. I've come. This is the love of the Father. Because you see, his response all the time to something that is lost is he chases after it. A response to something that has wandered away is he chases after it. He retrieves it. He celebrates. The, the, the last example, the, the last story that he brings, of course, is, 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 is the story of the... Uh, of the prodigal son, and of course we know it, but in, in verse 20 it says, so, so he returned to, the, to, to his father, and while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. Filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son, embraced him and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I've sinned against both heaven and you, and I'm no longer worthy of being called your son. But his father said to his servants, quick, bring the finest robes in the house and put them on him. Get a ring for his finger, sandals for his feet. Kill the fatted calf that we've been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast. For this son of mine was dead and has now returned to life. He was lost, but now he is found. And I love, I love what, I love what the, the, the New Living Translation says. It says, so the party began. <laughs> it's a wonderful thought, isn't it? That you and I, when he comes and reaches us, the party begins. There's no mourning. There's no gloominess. And, I, I, you know, I, I, I'd like you just for a second to, 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 to come with me. Come with me to the road where the father sees his son coming back. 
just imagine, we're neutral observers. We're standing, we're standing as it were on the grass. And on this side, we see a guy coming back who's subdued, who's mumbling something. He's saying something like this. I've sinned against you, Father. I've sinned against heaven. I'm no more worthy to be your son. Make me like your high servant. I've sinned against men. Blah, 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 blah. That's what he's mumbling. And in the distance, you see a man who sees him. I don't know how he recognizes him, but he does. He recognizes him. He hitches up his skirt. He hitches up his, hitches up his dress and starts running. So if you can see it, there's one guy walking, mumbling something vaguely. And there's another guy running full of excitement. The man full of excitement comes. At great speed. This guy's coming, head still down, still mumbling the same thing. I've sinned against you, Father. I've sinned against heaven. I'm, I'm, no, more, I'm, I'm no longer worthy to be your son. Make me like a hired servant. The father comes. Before a word is even said, the father's on him. Hands around the neck. Kissing him. As I thought about that, I thought about football players in a tight game. In a game that is maybe 1-1, 97th minute. We remember, for those of us who support Liverpool, we remember against West Brom, 1-1. The ball is crossed in, the goalkeeper scores the goal. There was no one there who wasn't hugging that man. The father comes running with an excitement, such a joy, such a, such a zeal. He's, it's, 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 it's an over-elaborate celebration. <laughs> He's hugging him, he's kissing him, he's kissing him. The, the son tries and tells him, I've done this, I've done that, I've done the other. The father's turning around, he's, he's ready. He's ready telling people, please, get his, get his gear, get his clothes, get his shoes. My son is alive. He's, he's carrying on with this, this, this uh, silly story of his, I've sinned against you, blah, 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 blah. The father's not hearing it at all. Because this is the heart of love. The heart of love goes beyond what you think of yourself. And tells you what he thinks of you. While the son is saying, I'm not worthy to be your son, he's saying, my son is here. Whilst the son is saying, make me a servant, he's saying, my son is here. I get him the ring of authority. Whilst he's saying, I've let you down, he's saying, bring his shoes. Whilst he's, whilst he's saying, Father, Father you, you don't know where I've been, he says, that, that cow that we had ready, that calf that we, that we were fattening up, kill it. Let the party begin. The heart of the father will always come running towards you. It will always overwhelm you. It will always embrace you. The love of God is always a kiss, uh, a, a kiss on the cheek, a hug, of, uh, an, an embrace of welcoming. Never ever allow the enemy to tell you anything different. Never ever allow the enemy to tell you that you're not good enough. That God doesn't love you, that God will never forgive you. Because these are the lies that he tells every human being. God can't love you. If you can't love yourself, God can't love you. Of course he can because his love is greater. His love is perfect. I remember telling one guy in the street, Jesus loves you, he says... Jesus can never love me because I don't love myself. I was so devastated as he walked away. I thought, Lord, what a hopeless state to be in. Where you think that not even God himself will forgive you. But I want you to know, folks, even, even those of you at home, where you are, the love of God is already been shed abroad for you. The price for your, for your forgiveness has already been paid. You need to believe it. You need to believe it. You need to believe that the love of God towards you is overwhelming. That it looks beyond what you've done, especially for believers, especially for believers. How many times have we heard the voice of the enemy say, oh, you've been serving God for so long. How can you do that? How could you? You who know so much, how could you? And then before long, we find ourselves in a situation where we begin to question the love of God. Whereas the love of God is right there. Come, Andy, you're restored. You are mine. 
you are mine. I love you with an everlasting love. I'm coming into your situation. I'm coming into your mess. You can't get out like the coin. I'll come and get you. You've wandered away like the sheep. I'll come and get you. You're coming back like the prodigal son. I'll come and get you. This is what Jesus tells them. He's telling him, this is the love of the father. It's not something that's frivolous. It's not something that is dependent on how you perform. It's something that needs to be believed. It has to be believed. You mightn't understand it, but you must believe it. Because the moment, the, the moment we begin to believe it, it begins to have a phenomenal impact on our lives. It changes the way we see everyone else. It gives us hope for every single fallen individual that is there. It gives us hope for ourselves. It gives us hope for when we approach him. Hope for when we worship him. Hope for when we serve him. There's, there's, nothing, that we can, there's nothing that we can do fully without understanding that he loves us with his love, not with our love. Not the human expression. You see, the love of God is not tainted by any experience. It's not tainted by failure. It's not tainted by, by, by manipulation. His love was always perfect towards us. While he was afar, the old man came running. So in conclusion, the love of God cannot be understood. It must be believed. It's above anything we know or anything we've experienced. Or even if we've had the perfect experience, this is still 10 times, this, this is still a million times greater than it. The love of God sometimes doesn't make sense because the love of God gives value to something that the earth has absolutely no value for. The love of God says you and I are valuable. You and I are important when we are only one of seven billion people. Can it be that the God of heaven loves me? This is a mystery at times, but I have to believe it. We have to believe it because it's true. God is, God's response to us when we wander is to chase us and to find us. God's response to us when we are lost and stuck in a situation that we cannot get out of is to shake everything up, turn on the light, and come and find us. God's response to betrayal is an embrace. God's response is acceptance. God's response is killing the fatted calf on our behalf. This is the way he responds all the time. This is the love of God. I had an interesting... Uh, conversation the other day I bumped into uh, into a lady and we were talking and uh, she says to me <laughs> this was this was quite interesting now she says um, what's your name and I said Andy Finn <laughs> no she said what's your what's your what, what's your real name I said Andrew Finn <laughs> and she said no what's your African name and I said Andrew Finn <laughs> The lady looked at me absolutely bamboozled because, you see, in her mind, she had an image of what my name should be. And she came, and although I told her my name, because of what she had in her mind, because of the way she viewed uh, or thought what it should be, it allowed her not to see and not to hear the reality of who I am. And sometimes what we have in our minds, what we've allowed to build up in there, changes the way that, that we see the love of God, that we accept it. He's saying, I love you unconditionally. You're saying, no, you can't love me unconditionally. I just did this. He's saying, I love you unconditionally. No, you can't love me unconditionally because I'm not this. He's saying, I love you unconditionally. And the greatest tragedy is this. The woman walked away, still confused. And if you asked her what my name was, she still didn't know simply because of what she had built up in her mind. 
And it's extremely important, young people, old people, all of us, that we understand the love of God. We have to understand it through, through the lens of his word, through the way he says it, not through our human expression. We have to understand that this love of God comes to us freely, directly from heaven itself. That the God of heaven would come and choose to redeem us and choose to buy us and choose to restore us and choose to call us his sons and choose to make his salvation available to you, to me. All we have to do is believe on the Lord Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. All we have to believe, particularly for us believers, I think, I think that this is a message particularly for believers, that we have to see him the way he sees us. We have to see this love as it is, as something unique, as something different. It's not like the way I love my wife. That tomorrow, if the shirt is not ironed correctly, I'm, ah, I'm, 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 I'm kicking off. If, if my girlfriend doesn't like me, ah. No, it's not like that. It's constant. It's ever towards us. You see, he does it for his own pleasure. Not so that we will worship him. He does it for his own pleasure. So if Andy Finn never worships the Lord again, he still loves me according to his own pleasure. Because if I have to do something in order for him to love me, I'm earning it. And this love that he has is an unconditional love. Always towards the believer, always, always towards even the lost. Finally, this is the greatest love story in all, of all, in which the God of heaven loves you and me. Not because we are beautiful, not because we're rich, not because we have great bodies, not because we've got great minds, or because we have anything of value. He has it all already. He leaves it, he leaves everything aside and pursues us. He says, I know you cannot understand my love, but simply believe it. This has to be the challenge for us. Don't waste your time trying to figure out the love of God. It is too high. It's too wide. It is too deep. We can never, ever fully understand it. But we can't fully believe it. Because he said it, we believe it. As we believe it, we begin to receive it. As we receive it, it begins to shape us. As it shapes us, it begins to flow out of us. As it flows out of us, his love begins to multiply. And this is a love story that will never, ever, ever, ever end. There's no, there's, no, uh, there's no sad news at the end. There's no grave at the end of it. There's no breakup at the end of it. It's continually increasing and increasing from glory to glory to glory. And as we get weaker, it gets stronger. As, uh, it, 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 it's, it's just like the cross of Jesus. When I was young, the cross of Jesus was tiny. But as I get older, the cross of Jesus becomes bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and more enormous. Because I need more and more of the love of God. And I can guarantee you this one thing, beloved. The older you get, the more you're going to realize that you need this love of God. We, we need it to be unconditional. Because if it's not unconditional, we don't stand a chance. And we just want to give God all glory for his love that is continuous towards us. And the challenge again to every one of us, if, if, if you never ever take anything else away from this, just take this one thing. It does not need to be understood. It needs to be believed. You believe the love of God and let it do what it will do in your life. Pastor Nate, thank you. Thank you for tuning in with us today. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Cork Church. Also, make sure to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you have any questions, you can email us info at corkchurch.com or just check out our website. It's www.corkchurch.com. Again, thank you for tuning in and we will see you next time.